Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! And we're back here for another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay here with you. Brennan Johnson, MIA once again. Shocker. 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 A big podcast. A big podcast. A big podcast. Pistons have three new players on the team. And Brennan's not here. Nowhere to be found. And he also missed the draft preview. Another Nowhere big podcast. to be found. This guy's off vacationing. He's up in somewhere up north, living the life, not worried about the podcast. He says, oh yeah, maybe I can record something and send it to you. You can put it in there. Oh, thanks, Brendan. No, That's real helpful. No, Brendan, we don't want your record. Yeah, seriously, with your crappy audio See, we're here in the Palace of Pistons studio putting it on a show, and you're not here missing out once again under the bright lights. I guess the big-time players are the ones that show up for these kind of podcasts, and well, myself and Ryan Pay are here, and we're going to talk about free agency. That's going to dictate the majority of this podcast. We'll get into a little bit of Summer League today. Here on Friday, the Pistons start Summer League against Team Croatia. They play at 3 o'clock. Uh, to open up their open up their play in the Las Vegas Summer League Tournament. But first off, free agency. And we'll start with who the Pistons signed. Derrick Rose, Tim Frazier, and Markeith Morris. Who they lost? Well, Ish Smith signed away to the Washington Wizards. And Wayne Ellington agreed to a deal with the New York Knicks. So those two guys that were free agents for the Pistons, probably the two guys had the greatest chance of coming to Detroit or coming back to Detroit. Signed off after the Pistons declined Glenn Robinson III's option. He upped on a two-year deal with the Golden State Warriors. And, man, that's going to be a great fit for him. I mean... Good for him. I'm happy I'm for him. I'm happy for him. And he's... He'll find... Like, like I've always said, you know, Glenn had his you know his, his issues here in Detroit. You know, didn't always play the greatest. But I don't think he was put in the best position to succeed. And on an elite team like Golden State, I think you'll see him... Go back to the way he was playing in Indiana, where he was a knockdown shooter, and you saw why, you know, the Pistons were so enamored with him going into last offseason when they signed him. But back to who they signed, we're going to talk a little bit about Ishmith and Wayne Ellington, but we did that when we previewed the podcast, or we previewed free agency last week. So we're going to mainly talk about the guys that Detroit brought in, starting with Derrick Rose. And Aaron, can I just ask you, more than just Derrick Rose, how are you feeling? Because I know that's what the people want to know. You've been vocal about some things on the Twitter. On the Twitter. So I think the big elephant in the room question here is, how are you feeling? Look, I, and the thing is, you know, I tweet something, you know, and it, that, that puts the Pistons in a good light. And I'm getting called a shill, a homer, and whatnot. But then I say, oh, I'm just... I'm really just not too thrilled with the Pistons offseason. It's really just a eh to me. And it's all of a sudden, I'm a hater. I'm rooting against the team. I want them to fail. And it's like, we got to pick a side here. It's like, I get tweets where it's like, we see you hating. We'll remember that. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like, are you serious right now? I, I didn't even say I disliked the offseason. I said I was just eh on it. Don't love it. Don't hate it. And that's just, I still feel that way. You know, I, I like Tim Frazier as a third point guard. I like Markeith Morris, even though he did not have a good season last year. He yes, struggled he with injured. injuries last yeah, year. He, he was struggled with and, we'll, and we'll get into this. We'll get into all these guys. And, but I guess I'll start with Derrick Rose. Because that's the guy that I've been most vocal about really not loving. Again, I, I don't hate it. But a lot of my Twitter timeline and my mentions were... Derrick Rose is going to start over Reggie Jackson. No. That's not happening. That will not happen. Unless Derrick Rose goes off. Unless... I mean... go. I'm sorry. Go opening ahead. I don't night, mean to cut o- you off. No, no. But. Opening night. Derrick Rose will not start over Reggie Jackson unless Jackson is injured. You can take that to the bank. That is correct. Okay? 
Then I get Rose is going to average 21, 5, and 3, and he's going to go back to the All-Star game. No. Doubtful. Very doubtful. You can take that to the bank. It's not even doubtful to me. There's just no way in hell that's happening. Maybe he can do that over the first, like, what, five games of the season until he suffers an injury? He might have a a stretch where he averages that. And, look, a lot of players can do that. Uh, Let's be honest. A lot of players can go on a five-game stretch where they do that. Derrick Rose is not going to average 21, 5, and 3 over a full, healthy season. It's just not happening. Derrick Rose is not some great shooter all of a sudden. He had a couple hot months, and then he got injured, and his shooting went right back to hell. Like, he's never been a good shooter. And people act like two, three good months of shooting the three-pointer, all of a sudden he's turned into this great three-point shooter. It just not wasn't big enough of a sample size no. to, to quantify it for anything. It's It was, it was kind of like with Tony Snell, even though Tony Snell took a lot more three-pointers than Derrick Rose did. You know, he... His three-point percentage spiked, and everyone's like, oh, Tony Snell's this great three-point shooter. Or, I mean, T.J. Warren's this great three-point shooter now. And I was like... Oh, you're talking about T.J. Warren. I'm talking about T.J. Warren. Sorry, I I did not mean to say Tony Snell. T.J. Warren. It was like, yeah, but he only played like 40 games. And he's had three or four other seasons where he shot, you know, nowhere near 40%, nowhere near 38% from the three-point line, right? So let's slow our roll on, on these guys just becoming... Great shooters all of a sudden. And Rose is the same way for me. Look, I like Derrick Rose. He brings that same change of pace style to the second unit. But everyone needs to, to, to temper their expectations a pretty high amount. Because there are just too many people that are acting like this is the second coming of Jesus. Right? And, and, and Rose is going to do good things. You know, he can score the basketball. He plays fast. He can get to the cup. But he's going to miss 20 to 25 games. He's not going to shoot the ball well. And he's going to isolate a lot. And I know that there was a, a, a growing faction of people on Pistons Twitter last year that got very sick and tired of Blake Griffin isoing as much as he did. So how are they going to feel when a much worse player like Derrick Rose does that? I think a lot of it's people are excited. Wait and see until he actually plays, and you're going to see what he is now. All right. So from what I've seen as reaction is either it's very opposite ends of the spectrum. It's this is a very minimal upgrade to Ish Smith to he's going to start over Reggie Jackson. And my personal opinion is it's somewhere in the middle of that is where how you should feel about Derrick Rose. I think Derrick Rose is more than a minimal upgrade over Ish Smith. But at the same time, he's not starting over Reggie Jackson. That starting unit, as of right now, needs Reggie Jackson. They have a chemistry going there already. He is going, Reggie, Derrick Rose is going to be similar to Ish Smith in the fact that the second unit is going to need a scorer, someone who can change the pace, and someone who can get you a bucket when you need it. Last year, the second unit struggled quite a bit at times to put the ball in the basket. Am I wrong? No, you're not. I am not. And who was the person most of the time that the second unit turned to? Ish Smith. Ish Smith, when he would go into that one-on-one, I need to get the second unit a bucket uh, roll, was very hot and cold. If he was on, he was on. And Ish would go on those 10-0 runs by himself. But if he was off, he was off. And he would just keep shooting and shooting and shooting no matter how much he missed, no matter how much more it set the team back in terms of the game and how much they would uh, start losing by more and more as the game went on. Ish didn't care. Like, that's just what Ish was. And I think that's what Derrick Rose is going to be, but on a better scale. Derrick Rose is going to finish better at the basket. His shooting, that's very, very, very much a wild card just like Ish Smith was. Um, but at the end of the day, Derrick Rose is going to get you more buckets than Ish Smith was able to. Derrick Rose put up 18 a game last year. He's going to be able to finish at the rim and get buckets when it's needed. Is it going to have times when it's going to frustrate us because he's going to ISO so much and be so ball dominant? 
Yes. Especially if Luke is on that second unit. At right now, I have no idea what they're going to do with That's, that starting and, shooting guard spot. And that brings me to what I wanted to bring up when we were talking about Rose is, what the hell is a second unit going to look like? What is the second unit? Because, I, go ahead. In, in, in theory, Luke Kennard starts. I mean... I would, I would hope. I would hope that Luke Kennard starts. But when you look at that bench, and right now, because they haven't signed a center yet, which Vincent Ellis reports that... JaVale McGee, a key target for the Pistons, is waiting until what happens with the Lakers, whatever happens with them. He's waiting to see what goes down to see if he wants to go back to L.A. or obviously sign with Detroit or another team. But we know Detroit's interested. We know him and McGee have met. But right now, let's just say with the signing of Markeith Morris, they're bringing Morris in to be their backup four. Let's say they slide Don Maker up to the five and your bench is Derrick Rose, Bruce Brown, Sekou Dumbuya, Markeith Morris, and Don Maker. Maybe they'll score a little bit, but they're not going to be able to shoot. Is there one above-average three-point shooter in that lineup? There is not. Unless Sekou, you know, has, has spent this offseason and has developed this great shot. I think, I think Mar- it's a, honestly, right now for me, your, your, your bucket getter is Derrick Rose there. Your second option... Is Markeith Morris. And doesn't that scare you? It does scare me a little bit because of all the injuries and the decrease in level of play he's been at for the last year or two. Um, but can he pull what I like to call the Antonio McDice? Early in Antonio McDice's career, he was electrifying. He was back to the basket, ball dominant. He could just take you off the dribble, high flyer, all the good stuff. Once Dice's knees went on him, that's when he turned into the mid-range jumper. Not quite three-point range, but he was just cold-blooded from the mid-range. Could not miss. And now I'm saying, does Markeith Morris take that type of step with his three-point shooting and his outside shooting now that he isn't quite the player he used to be when he first came in the league? I still think as long as he's able to get healthy this offseason, he'll be better than what he was the last two years. Injuries have really hampered him. But does he make that adjustment to his game where maybe he's not as – not that he was ever dominant, but, you know, he could get to the bucket. He was once the better Morris. He was definitely once the better Morris. There was a time when he could get to the bucket, he could do things on the post, but does he maybe change his way a little bit and improve his three-point shot, improve his mid-range, and that's where you, I can see – your second option coming mm-hmm. in. But it's on him and how he develops his game and changes his game, kind of like like Griffin did. Does Marquise Morris take that type of step now? Right. And, you know, when the Pistons traded for Marcus Morris, it was, yeah, Marcus is, is you know, is a decent player, but it would have been great if they were going to be, would have exactly. been able to snag the brother. That's what it was. If they would have been able to snag Marquise. Oh, man. Because Markeith was once a bad dude. People really thought he was good and he was only going to improve. And he he was a serviceable player, but Marcus became the better player. Marcus definitely is the one who took that step. He's still better now, and there's still some people that are hoping that Detroit signs him. And, hey, I would make room for him in the rotation. I mean, if Langston Galloway gets traded here um, and they free up that cap space, you never know what could happen. Because at the end of the day, Sekou's only 18 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. What if they're like, hey, we really want a year. We don't want to put him out on the court just yet. Or in a very limited role. In a very, very limited role. We really want to take the time to develop him physically and work on his game with our trainers and our coaches. And then all of a sudden you have that free cap space. Tony Snell moves to the bench. Marcus Morris moves into the starting three spot. Oh, my goodness. We have a real team here. My only other idea would be Marquise a little bit older. Let's slide him up to the five. He's starting to play the five more. Let's slide him up to the center spot. Let's put Marcus at the power forward spot off the bench. Thon, you're kind of out of the picture right now because you were abysmal wow. in the playoffs. Wow. We're going to roll with the Morris twins in the in the front court off the bench. Bad That'd boy records. Bad boy records. Bad boy records, man. Here's my thing. Mark Marcus is still a starting level player in this league. I know he was coming off the bench with Boston and doing that type of thing. But if he's going to take, let's just be honest, a step down right now from where Boston was, I believe he won't accept anything less than a starting role. 
I get playing with his brother like will be enticing for him and being together out on the court, but I still think Marcus believes himself to be a starter if he's going to what is considered right now a lesser team. Here is my here is my um not rebuttal because I think you're there's you're definitely ha- you're definitely right. But I also think that Detroit you know he can play with his brother who they were you know they're very close, right? Very Obviously close. they're you know they want they would love to play each other with each other again. He knows Detroit. He's been in Detroit. He knows the fans in the city love Marcus Morris because Look, it's just a fact. The city of Detroit, you know, the, the fans in the state of Michigan that like the Pistons, they galvanize around those guys. He came guys. in at a time when the Pistons as an organization in this city really needed someone like this. Uh, when he came in, he immediately went to bad boys, all this, hey, we're tough as hell, this is Detroit, we don't take shit, all this whole attitude. He Detroit had seemingly lost it a little bit with how they were constructed. Marcus Morris came in and kind of brought that attitude back. Mm-hmm. And that's why fans love him. If Marcus Morris re-signed with the Pistons... they build him a statue. They w- I mean, the fanfare for that... It wouldn't be at LeBron going back to Cleveland levels, but I mean, it would be like... He's like a tick below like, Anthony like, Tolliver. Like, don't oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ... But it would be at those excitement levels. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and so you get to play with your brother. You get to come back to a city that loves you. And look, he could end up becoming the starting small forward. He could start when Blake Griffin rests, which I think the Pistons are going to look to do more of this year. Oh, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, sit him, maybe not 20 games, but if you can sit him 10 games, no, I think that'd be great. Something we've discussed and something I've said. I don't, if Blake Griffin, let's say Blake Griffin stays healthy the whole year. It'll be a 70 to 71 game season for Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. There'll be 11 to 12 built in rest games for him. Yeah. And, and that means Marcus can be the injury replacement starter at either the three or the four. And, and my other reason as to why this could work is, you know, all these other guys, they've been signed. You know, how many more starting wing spots are there in the league? And, and how big of a payday is Marcus Morris going to get now that? There's really not much left on the board, and teams have kind of spent their cap room. The only thing I'm thinking is, you know, if the Lakers miss out on Kawhi, they try to go and get Marcus. But, but how much money do they really have left? I don't know. I'm not sure. They, 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 they can make enough room to create a max spot for Kawhi. Okay. But it, it, if they don't get Kawhi, then there's not another max player on the board. So then they have right. to fill use that max room to plug in different good role yeah. players. Okay. And that's where maybe Marcus is a fit. And that's where he maybe gets his payday. But, I mean, my goodness, if Detroit could make it work where they could bring him in, I, I think he's a good player. He shoots the ball better than Markeith. He can play two positions. He has that familiar – I can't say that word. He knows the city. He's been here before. Like, there is a fit. The fact that when the starting lineup needs someone who can score because Blake Griffin is taking on double teams and triple teams, and what if Bruce Brown is the starter? And he's still struggling with his jump shot. Mm-hmm. And Reggie, Reggie is has definitely improved. But at the same time, that that wing spot last year was crucial. Marcus Morris can hit that shot. I, I get it as a team. You don't want to keep guys out of the rotation. You know, you have Bruce Brown. You have Tony Snell. You know, you want to be able to play Sekou. You want to give Luke a bigger role. But you're also trying to win. And signing Marcus Morris, maybe pigeonholes Thon, pigeonholes Bruce somehow, and pigeonholes Seku. I do, I wouldn't want to do it to Seku just because he has much higher potential than a Bruce or a Thon or a Tony Snell. But Marcus Morris is the better player, and if you're trying to win, you put the best player on the floor. And you guys, I can roll. Not that because I don't think Marcus Morris is getting signed here unless you know. Big Langston move happens here. Mm -hmm. But I can roll with a lineup of Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Marcus Morris, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond. And then there's – I'm sorry, real quick. There's there's toughness there. There's leadership there. There are shooters there. There are guys who are willing to defend there. I mean, guys who are willing to gritty and grab some rebounds, Andre and Marcus. Like, 
I can roll with that. That's Detroit right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then but what's your bench then? Because then you get a so little your bit bench, of a So game. your bench is tough. You're looking at Derrick Rose, Bruce Brown, Tony Snell, Mark Heath, and Thon right now. I'm telling you, unless Seku goes ham in the summer league and then in training camp, if they were to make that type of move to bring in a Marcus Morris, that's absolutely telling you, hey, we're going to take our time with Seku here. See, here's the thing. I would go about I, – I would use a different bench lineup. I would go – there's a couple of different options. I would go Derek Rose, Tony Snell, Seku, Markeith, Thon. Or I would go Rose, Brown, Snell, Seku, Markeith. I mean, I like I it. Just, Trust me, I like it. I want tr- it more than anything. I want that to be the lineup. But I think if another wing is brought in, if room is made, I that from that for me personally, that's telling me we don't think Seku's quite ready to have that fifteen minute, you know, a night off the bench mm-hmm. just yet. Also, my wild card for everything, if he's not moved in some sort of trade to clear space, is Kyrie Thomas. I still think. Everyone on that roster needs to be uh, alert that Kyrie Thomas could be on his way to an ascension into the into the lineup. Hell, and Svi, too. And Svi. Don't I forget mean, Svi. These are two guys that Detroit has been, like, you know, when, when the Pistons had Darren Hilliard and, and, and Spencer, even Spencer Dinwiddie, because they didn't really like Dinwiddie until he moved on and became what he was capable brutal, of becoming. Brutal, But when they had these second-round guys, you know, they weren't hyping them up the way that this organization and this front office is really talking the talk with with Bruce, Kyrie, and Sfee. Like, they all are, are really loved by this organization. And, like, here's the thing. That's where bringing in a Marcus Morris doesn't make sense. That's where trading for Tony Snell doesn't make sense. Exactly. If you like exactly. all these guys, then you got to play them because they're never going to get there if they're just sitting on the bench and practicing. So it's either some smoke screen by the Pistons or Detroit's buying their time. Maybe they just think they're building great depth. But my concern with that is all these guys are going to play ahead of Kyrie and Svi as it looks right now on paper. And that depth may not happen if those guys don't get in and develop a little bit. Like you said, maybe it's a smoke screen. Maybe they're trying to blow smoke to hype those guys up in a possible trade scenario. You never know. There's a lot going on that we just don't know really yeah. what's happening. Yep. But it's an interesting thought because you're right. Going and get Tony Snell if you really like guys like Kyrie and Svi doesn't quite make sense, even though moving John Luehr makes perfect sense. Going and signing Marcus Morris if they're able to make the room for it doesn't quite make sense if you're real high on these guys. I get you're in win-now mode on top of building for the future mode, but like you said, you got to give those times. Those guys aren't rookies anymore. They've been through a, <coughs> excuse me, a season. They've had an offseason. They need to start seeing the floor a little bit in the second year. And, and I think this summer league is going to be really telling, and, and we'll get into the summer league a little bit more. But we got to hit on the last free agent signing so far for the Pistons: Tim Frazier, the third-string point guard. Can I just say I really do like that signing? I do too. I, I think it's you know it doesn't cost anything. It, it, you know it's a, a 1.6 million salary cap hit for a third-string point guard that is so much better than Jose Calderon, than Steve Blake, and that's the thing: point guard depth in general. Solid starter in Reggie, an upgrade over Ish, and then when Derrick Rose takes his rest nights or does end up getting injured, you're not bringing in Jose Calderon. You're bringing in a very serviceable guy who can manage the backup load during those rest periods, during those couple games missed. I don't Tim even, Frazier. I don't even know if there's a bold take. Jose Calderon lost to Pistons at least five games last I, year. So that's what I want to discuss. Don't you think that's that's what I want to say? He, We've discussed how the Pistons went 41-41 and 41 last year. And when you look at how the point differentials and everything about that, when Ish went down and Jose had to play, that cost the Pistons about five games. And now you're upgrading the back, uh, backup point guard spot with Derrick Rose and Tim Frazier. If this team, isn't this going to be about a 45-46-47 win team, you think? At that point, with these look, type of upgrades, with these type of upgrades, look, I don't, I, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I just the runs that teams were able to go on when Jose Calderon yes, had to play. Yes, I know. It completely changed the way the game was played, and Detroit knew that they were playing 
four on five with Jose Calderon on the floor. No, no doubt that that was a five game difference. And with Zaza, but truly, and, and now you've upgraded from Zaza. Now you have Markeith Morris in there, and I'm gonna trust Thon right now. I'm gonna trust Thon that Thon will provide a little bit more than Zaza would in that backup center position. Or, like you said, if they make that move to bring in a Marcus Morris and all of a sudden the bench is Markeith and Sekou and Snell or whatever. Or even if they end up with JaVale McGee. Or, I mean, or, if, JaVale Ma- or if the ja- JaVale McGee domino falls. It just got so much better in the backup roles than it was last year. And those backup roles, for as much as I appreciate Zaza and the leadership he brought and the toughness he brought to the team, there were a lot of times when he just hurt the team being out there. And Jose Calderon hurt the team every time he was out there. He just doesn't quite have it anymore. Now, all those are upgraded, I think, quite substantially. And the Pistons may not be done yet. And they still may not be done. I'm going to hold out hope on Marcus Morris. I'm going to hold out hope on JaVale McGee. And I'm going to hold out hope on Bradley Beal. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Oh, man. My goodness, that tweet sent me into a tizzy. I I thought Pistons Twitter was ready to literally break Twitter. Go to Twitter headquarters and break Twitter. When, when Bradley was Beal ready to responded down. to the Markeith Morris tweet, bad boy records, and, and Bradley Beal goes, you know, yeah, let's get it or let's go or something, I was like, oh Everyone my God. Everyone lost their minds. We all need to just reel it in a little bit. But hey, make it happen. Just make it happen, okay? Do it. Do it. I don't, you got, he's not, Bradley Beal is not being moved. Do it until, <laughs> at minimum, Washington brings a GM in, and then they offer him the extension, and he turns it down. So here's a here's a crazy thing: the Wizards are trying to compete and trying to make the playoffs in an East that's only getting better. You know, have you seen that roster? It's abysmal. And the thing is, even a team like Miami, who, yeah, they got Jimmy Butler, but. I mean, they gave up Josh Richardson. They gave up a couple other pieces in that trade. I just don't know if they really improved all that much. But they're still, with Butler, going to drag themselves to the 9 or 10 seed. They're still going to be that competitive team that's going to fight for an 8 seed. Maybe I, I don't think they're good enough to make it after the moves that they've made. Because right now, it's it's Jimmy Butler. It's Bam Adebayo. It's Justice Winslow. And then after that, what do you have? What, Goran Dragic? The, the is, corpse is of Goran Dragic? Uh, Myers Hero, Leonard? Myers Leonard? I mean, is Duncan that Robinson? Hey, hey <laughs> no, you know what? Don't hit on Duncan Robinson. But. I'm, no, but I'm saying I love me some Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler. But I, he's not LeBron. How big of a slap in the face is that to Sixers fans and to Minnesota fans when Jimmy Butler said, I want to win. I want to go to a contender. I want to win a championship. Only to end up in this Miami situation. Only to go to Miami. Only to go to Miami. Is, How big of a slap in the face is A that? huge, a huge one. Because for as much as I believe that he is a competitor and he wants to win, I think Jimmy wants the money and the fame more and that awesome Miami lifestyle. I think that called to him at the end of the day more than winning. Because right now, what's that roster? Like you said, Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo. Justice Winslow. And then what after that? Even then, even then, outside of Jimmy Butler, Bam out of bio. I mean, I like it, but Bam out of bio, yeah. but come on. Is that a second or third best player? On, I, right, on exactly. Team? Justice Winslow. You know, I'm a huge Justice Winslow guy. I was furious when yes, they took Stanley were. Johnson over yes, him. You were. And it's only proving me right, right now, <laughs> even though his progression has taken forever, it's finally starting to happen. But at the same time, Justice Winslow is your second or third best player right yeah. now. Ugh, what? I, right. I, I mean, they gave it's up. Not they, a, they lost, it's not a winning they team. They lost Kelly Olynyk. Yes, didn't they? I, I, um, I thought they did. I thought they did too. I don't know. I, I know a lot went down with that Miami trade, but still, so much giving went up down. Josh Richardson. You know, Butler's only a marginal improvement, but yeah, I don't know. That Miami roster, it's just. And then they think they're going to trade for Bradley Beal. What are you going to trade for right. Bradley Beal? It was already a miracle that you got Butler, and you used your one major asset. If you can somehow lure Washington, and, and, and this really screws you in another sense, because getting Beal is great, but if you have to lose Winslow and Bam and, and God knows what else, that would, Tyler Hero, like... That'd be two guys, and then me and you on in the starting lineup right. with them, dude. Yeah. And 
I mean, that's that's kind of the situation Miami is in, and they're so capped out that they got no shot in, in, in putting role players around around a Butler. And even if they somehow got Beal, they have no shot of putting role players around them. And this it's not like Butler is some you know twenty five year old you know coming into his prime and has some time to let it build. He's thirty. Yeah. It's um it's now or never for right. Jimmy Butler. Right. And kind of like could it's take now or never for Blake Griffin. But at least can we? Thank God that we have Ed Stefanski. Yeah. Can we just throw a thank you hey, to, hey. to Ed Stefanski? Shout out, Ed. Shout out, Ed. That with the limited cap space they've had and the tough contracts they have had on the books, he has made some really prudent and nice moves. That's why I was not disappointed with the offseason. I was just mellow about it. You know, it was eh. Because... The Pistons didn't have a lot of money to make moves. But in, in previous years, with Stan Van and Jeff Bauer, who was doing an abysmal oh, job. Oh, that is Phoenix, terrible. I want to talk about that for a minute, but let me finish my point on Ed. You know, the last regime would have found a way to hurt the team. They would have spent all their money on, you know, just, I don't even know who they would sign. You know, they would think Ricky Rubio is a big enough upgrade over Reggie. And they would give him three years, $51 million. They would clear cap space. You know, they would trade John Lure and give up, you know, two first-round picks with him to get off his money. And they would sign Ricky Rubio. But but this front office was proactive before free agency even began and made a move before the draft to clear up a little bit. Not clear up a little bit of cap space, but recoup some, aspe- recoup some assets, address a need that they then wouldn't need to have to do in free agency. And, and then in free agency... They were able to get guys to, relative to market value, cheap deals. I don't love the Rose deal. I would have loved for it to have, loved for it to have been a one-year deal so Detroit could have as much cap space as possible next year, even though my mentions are it's a shitty free agent class next year. And, yes, it's not a great one, but I'm all about Karis LeVert. Um, but I, it, it's still, Rose is going to help. Tim Frazier's a upgrade over Jose Calderon. And Marquise Morris is another nice front court guy to have. And they still could get a JaVale McGee. Who knows what else. But Phoenix. Jeff Bauer. Wow. Yikes. I mean. Does he, Yikes. They, like, you, you didn't always see it in Detroit. Because they were more about overpaying. Than not understanding what assets were. But my god. Are they just doling out all the assets. That trade that they made with Memphis. Was. <coughs> honestly. Terrible. The Anthony Melton. And two picks for a worse player and a worse prospect in Javon Carter. And they gave up Josh Jackson, who I don't like. I don't think he's really ever going to be anything. But for a team like Memphis, they get an opportunity to take a swing at a guy like him and see if maybe that change of scenery helps. I mean, come on. Bro, every time I kept re- was reading about something Phoenix was doing, I was just like, what the hell is happening right now? Jeff Bauer is a disaster. And really, it's not my place to judge anyone in an NBA front office because I'm just a bum behind a mic on a podcast. But my goodness, I feel like anyone could be like, these moves are just not mind-numbingly yeah. bad. Ridiculous. I mean, I feel really bad for all the Phoenix people out there. I am glad he is no longer here. Yeah, seriously. My goodness. I mean, seriously. Maybe Stan Van Gundy was actually... Maybe he was still bad, but maybe Stan was... Was influenced by They're not going to send him three... Picks. You're going to send him one pick. I mean, right? God knows, God knows what Jeff Bauer would do if he was solely in charge. Well, we're seeing it in Phoenix, but it, if it would have happened, <laughs> thank in Detroit, God we dodged that bullet. Oh my gosh! So we've talked about free agency. Let's talk about just for a minute here the guys that they lost: Ishmith, Wayne Ellington. Thoughts on losing them? Uh, I mean, I liked Ish. I think everyone in Detroit liked Ish. Uh, reading his goodbye little memo on. Instagram or whatever that was tough because he finally found a place to be uh, more than you know half a season full season uh, he was a solid backup but at the end of the day I, th- I feel like they upgraded so for only one and a half million more a year so for me that's a win I think Ish will be just fine in Washington or wherever he signed um, Ellington Ellington had no chance of coming back the second they signed him of course, I thought maybe he could come back, but in retrospect, hindsight being, you know, we really should have uh, realized 
that was just a rest of the season deal. I mean, right after they drafted Sekou and traded for Tony Snell, the writing I mean, was kind of on it the was wall. on the wall. Um, that was a guy who that was an audition. That, that was, was an, an audition, audition. for him for the rest of the league, and he, he got paid. Good for him. Good for him. I mean, he was here, and his shot was either fantastic or it was uh, piss poor. I mean, there was no middle ground there. I enjoyed watching him, but the writing the writing was really on the wall with him. Yep. He wasn't coming back. I'm happy for him that he got paid. The audition in Detroit worked out for him. I feel Detroit fans should remember him pretty respectfully and fondly. He had some real good moments here. Absolutely. To help this team get to the playoffs. So I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at Ish. I enjoyed watching both of them here in Detroit. Excited to watch them do what they do with their next stop. But at the end of the day... I feel Detroit has upgraded, so it's no real big loss. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're going to miss Ish. Ish was, you know, one of the guys that early on in my journalistic career took the time to talk to me, and you know, I was able to interview him, and he was really nice, really friendly, didn't just give those cliche answers. He actually talked um, and, you know, gave me some real insight. So I really have always had that appreciation for Ish, even if I was um, critical of his play on the court at times. So I'm excited to see what he can do in Washington where, for the time being, he's going to be the starter. Uh, and, and Wayne, you know, I really can only echo what you said. you got to be fond of what he did, whether a shot was on or off. He helped this team. Uh, you know, he gave them a look at what a true wing looks like, even though he was too small to be their small forward. But a guy that knocks down shots, competes defensively, maybe isn't the best defender, but he at least tries. Um, you know, and, and he was a good veteran. You know, he was a guy that... You would never have an issue with. You, there was never any rumblings of Wayne Ellington causing an issue. No. Right? No. So, good luck to both of them. The Pistons, though, today, on Friday here, they open up Summer League. 3 o'clock against Croatia. The Look, excitement we, is through the roof I, with this fella to my left right now. Summer League is my is my playoffs. Forget the playoffs. Give me Summer League. But... Last week on the podcast, we talked about both Kyrie Thomas and Savima Hailu both getting reps at point guard. The Pistons come out and they say Bruce Brown's going to get reps at point guard. So, really, I mean, we 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 that we just goes to, to cover, show we just try to we try to cover ourselves, and the Pistons go, "Oh yeah, no, actually, Bruce is going to get." A that lot just of reps goes at to show guard. that nobody has any clue what they are thinking inside that Detroit Pistons headquarters. No clue, because it just seemed obvious that it was going to be a guy like Speed trying some reps. Maybe Kyrie Thomas getting some reps. But no, here comes that curveball. It's Bruce Brown getting the reps. So, Tim Forkin did a great video breakdown. Fantastic. Great video breakdown on the Summer League roster. It's on our new YouTube page. You can go look it up. At You can look up Palace of Pistons on YouTube. It'll show up. You can look up Detroit Pistons Summer League roster on YouTube. It'll show up. Whatever you do, it look up Palace of Pistons. Go to the channel, watch the video. You can also watch Tim's full-on breakdown on Seku. Uh, there's a lot of good content on there. Our podcast get posted on there, but make sure you subscribe. We passed the 100 subscriber mark. We've crushed that. I didn't think it was going to happen this fast, but you guys have came out in droves and supported us, and we really appreciate that. We had about 130 subscribers on YouTube, so let's keep that number growing. I didn't expect it to get to 100 this fast, but you guys are smashing that out of the park, so you might as well keep subscribing. You might as well like the videos. You might as well watch the videos. We appreciate that, but watch that if you want more on you know Seriously. the main players that are going to be on the roster. I think he did about the first 10. Jordan Bone wasn't listed on the Summer League roster that the Pistons announced, but... They're waiting until July 6th for him you know. to be able to for that trade to be official and for him to be able to play. So you're not going to see Jordan Bone today, but you'll see him hopefully tomorrow and in the rest of summer league. Um, but look, let's hey let's just let's just give a little game preview for today. Let's, let's go over it. what we're hoping that starting lineup is. I'll let you go first. The starting lineup I would like to see. Oh man, well if it's going to be Bruce Brown at point guard, then I guess Bruce Brown at point guard. Mm-hmm. I want to see Seku running three. I want him on the wing to start. Obviously, they'll move him inside to the force types position. Uh, I think Kyrie Thomas gets the nod at the two. Um, hmm, Benny Boltwright's probably taking the nod at the four. Maybe the five, because mm-hmm. they don't have a center on the roster. Matt Costello. Oh, Matt Costello is your center on the roster. 
Forgive me. But after that, I don't know who the fifth starter is. What do you think? Does Sfee bump in there? See, that's what I think. I think Sfee's going to play the four. I think Benny's going to play the five. My lineup would be Bruce Brown, Kyrie Thomas, Sfee Mahaluk, okay. Seiku, and Benny Bowen. I can get down to that. If they go with Seiku at the three, then I think it'll be Bruce Brown, Sfee Mahaluk, Seiku Dumbaya. Dumbuya. I'll get that down eventually. No, you he just will never get that no, down. No, no, no. Just give me time. Please, please. Just give me time. Seiku at the three. Uh, Benny Boatwright at the four. Matt Costello at the five. But I think they're going to get try to get as many guys that they have under team contract, not, you know, on a on a training camp or summer league contract, whatever. But I, I really think Seiku's going to have to play the four because they also have Davidis with them. And they True. also have two-way Lewis King with them. Those are two True. small forwards, you know. I think Seiku's going to play a lot of four in summer league. That's just unfortunately how it's going to be for him. But it might be good for him to get that now because he but, may But if playing. that's how they project him, then that's fine. Yeah. But just from what I've seen to be reading and seeing, I feel like they want to see him at the three too. Yeah. Which is what I want to see. I do too. I need to see I need to see both. But I, Oh, yeah. Oh, I, definitely. You know, um, it's just tough with the roster. It's a lot of the wings. The way it's a ton of wings. So, and he's the biggest of them all with the best wingspan. So he'll probably move to that four. Mm. You're right, but I would I would love to see him start at that three position. See what we've got going on there at first. Move him into the four back and forth because, like you said, we got to see Davidas, Servitas. We got to see Lewis King. I let's, mean, let's get a little funky here. Give me your uh, lineup you want to see the most. My lineup I want to see the yeah, most. Yeah, Jordan Bone at point guard. I want Kyrie Thomas at the two. I want uh, Servitas at the three. I want uh, Seku at the four. Whoever you want at the five. Give me okay. whoever, whoever, big, Boatwright, Costello, whatever it is. Okay. Bump them in at the four. Okay, so here's mine. Jordan Bone, Kyrie Thomas, Bruce Brown, Svima Hailuk, Sekou. Oh. Give me oh. small ball. Small ball. And let's just see where it goes. I appreciate or, that a lot. Or if you want to go, you know, bump out Jordan Bone since he's just a two-way guy. And you want to go Bruce Brown. Kyrie Thomas, Zvima Hailuk, Davidis Servitas, and Seiku. Let's see that. I just I want to see those guys on the main roster. I want to see some Seiku, small ball five. I want to see these different, you know, Kyrie, Bruce, V getting reps at point guard. I want to see what position Davidis plays well. Yes, he was a three overseas. Is he going to be that here in America? Is he going to be more of a small ball four? Is he going to be that, not Blake Griffin power forward, but is he going to be that Four that handles the ball, shoots it, initiates the offense. Can he do that? I want to see it all. Like they just need to get funky as hell. The things I'm excited for are how has Bruce Brown improved his jump shot, but more so, how is he when he attacks the rim? How is he? His finishing at the rim was a struggle last year. I can work with another year of his jump shot um, being a work in progress as long as it's improved a little bit. Jump shots don't just come overnight. Right, and that's it takes people time. Are, people are acting like they saw no, a couple they minutes don't. of Bruce shooting. And they're like, I know. Bruce is going to shoot 37%. Bruce, jump shots like, slow down. and outside shooting does not come overnight. As long as it's made some strides, I can live with that for another year. As long as his finishing at the rim has improved. Because he's mm-hmm. got a lot of explosion and athleticism. He can finish. He should be finishing at the rim at a better clip than he does. How has Kyrie Thomas improved? What's he done? Because I... He's got a way better offensive repertoire right now than Bruce Brown. I want to see Jordan Bone. I think Jordan Bone is very good. I mean, for what he is. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a starter or anything like that. But for what he is, I'm excited to see him. And if nothing else, if everything else fails, I just want to see Seku dominate. Yeah. That's at the end of the day. That's that's the most important. So, James Edwards of The Athletic did a couple great profiles on Bruce Brown and Svima Luke. Make sure to go check those out because those are two guys I'm really excited to see how they improved. But, I mean, the Pistons can get really funky in Summer League and they can still win the whole dang thing. Oh, this absolutely. Team I feel like this team is very ungodly good. talented. For a Summer League roster, I feel like this is a very, very good roster. And there are a couple other really good rosters. Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to think of the team. Is, is it? No, it's not New Orleans. I don't know. There's another really, you know, there's a team that I really like. But... The Pistons, I mean, they have six, seven guys on contract that are going to be down there. Mm-hmm. Bruce, Kyrie, Svi, Sekou, Davidis, Jordan Bone, Lewis King. Those are seven right there. And I feel like I'm missing one for some reason. Well, those are seven that are either on the team, were drafted, and maybe are going to be stashed for a year. 
or two way. So they're the guys that eventually are, are either yeah. on contract now or will that are possibly contract. part of the plan. Yeah. So where's our boy Matt McQuaid in this equation? Well, Brennan's Brennan's boy, boy Matt McQuaid. Not our boy. He'll he'll get his time. I mean, for him, it's about three and D for Matt yeah. McQuaid. For all you Michigan State fans who are who are juiced and excited to see Matt McQuaid, uh, I would say unlike Aaron and I, but so be it. Yeah. But for him to succeed right now. It would be how does he play defense because he's he's billed as a good defender. Does that translate to the NBA? And then how does his three-point shooting pan out in this uh, summer league? Does he have a good shot? Does it translate to the NBA? Is he able to get open off screens and such to get his shot? I think that will determine whether he gets a G League uh, invite, you know, and is put on that team with the option of being able to play on the main roster, or do we find him overseas playing somewhere in Europe? And he's really going to just have to kind of follow the the path that Duncan Robinson took last year Agreed. with the Miami Heat. You know, he didn't touch the ball a lot, but when he got it, he was an effective shooter. He went and rebounded, and he defended as best as he could. And if he's knocking down his shots, that's the large majority of the battle for a guy like McQuaid. Because a guy like McQuaid is going to be used coming off of screens, quick trigger shots. And if he can hit those, and then he's a capable defender. And I know a lot of Michigan State guys have talked about how McQuaid got better at getting to the rim, but he's just not going to be in that kind of role in summer league. I just don't see that as his role. There's too many guys that are going to dominate the ball. They're going to want to see him shooting from the outside. I mean, I'm I'm worried about shooting what 44, 45 percent at one point in Michigan State. They're going to want to see that Mm -hmm. translate to the NBA. Yeah, and and I'm worried about the guys that are actually going to be on the roster getting enough touches. You know. I'm worried about Svee getting lost. Kyrie. I'm really worried about Kyrie getting lost. That's my guy. That, that is a concern. Because he's not a, give me the ball, I'm going to take over. And that's fine. Not a lot of second-round draft picks are. But with a team that has so many guys that the Pistons are going to Let's face it, see, there's a bit of a log jam with young talent at this two-guard position. Right. Then, you know, is Kyrie going to get lost in the mix? And with all these other guys taking touches, a guy like Matt McQuay is just not going to be, you know, the Pistons aren't going to run a set that ends with Matt McQuaid taking the dribble drive to the basket, right. running a pick and roll, whatever that may be. He's going to be you're a spot-up shooter. We may run a couple sets for you coming off of screens for a quick look. If we don't see the pass to you, then look, you're out of the offense again. Go stand in the corner, whatever. He's just not going to be in, that, in a big role. Another guy I'm intrigued of is Benny Boatwright, right? A really good shooter, not the best defender, not very quick, but he has some size. He very well could end up being the Pistons' third center if he has a good summer league. We know that Detroit... Has done that in the past, where they've taken guys from the summer league roster and they've either signed them in a two-way or brought them up to the main roster. And, and a guy like Boatwright is someone that I could see. He's being intriguing. Like that. He's definitely this, intriguing. He's got talent. It's the same thing with Lewis King. Yes. Boatwright and Lewis King were two guys that were on mock boards. They were on all the big draft boards to be drafted. I mean, Lewis King was a, a you know in the thirties supposed to be drafted, and no, and they both fall out for some reason. So the Pistons are taking their shot at them and they're seeing what's there. And if Boatwright is a guy of intrigue, I would just would not be surprised if the Pistons go cheap and, and bring him on as that third big. Yeah, depending on how things fall, if Benny Boatwright has a good summer league, mm-hmm. don't be surprised. We were talking about that. I've said that before, too. Don't be surprised, depending on how these dominoes fall the rest of the way in free agency, if Benny Boatwright has a good summer league, uh, summer league season and is given the invite to, hey, come on, you're going to be our third big. Our third backup center, excuse me. Like, you're going to be that guy. We're giving you that chance. Don't mm-hmm. be surprised. Even he, if they do go and sign JaVale McGee. Like, you know, if it ends up where the Pistons are done this offseason after signing JaVale McGee, or they sign another backup center, and Boatwright has a good enough offseason, they'll find a way. Even if they have to clear Langston Galloway to do it. I still think that move's coming. Yeah, I still oh, have too. I just still I feel like that's how coming. they can carry five, six You can't. Yards, you, you just know? can't. So we'll see with that, but hey, no Brendan, no problem. No Brendan, no problem. Good podcast, Ryan. Great I, I enjoy here. talking to you. I'm yeah. ex- I was excited to talk about the free agents, summer league. It was a great discussion. I'm glad we had it. Yeah, I, I am too. So um, Brendan, don't even come in next week. We don't need you. We don't. All right, let's be honest. And you know what? Go back up north. Go go sit and. You know, do whatever you do. Whatever you're doing. We, we just don't, you know what? We don't need you to call in. We don't need you to send me a recording. I just don't need it, okay? You have a great vacation. Ryan and I are going to continue to hold down the fort. Man, Aaron is not having it. 
And we're going to continue to enjoy. It. Well, actually, we're going to start to enjoy some Detroit basketball because Detroit Guys, basketball returns today. I'm excited. I am so I'm excited. excited. So stay tuned on Palace of Pistons on Twitter. I'm going to have a ton of stuff up today. He he's going to be tweeting every two seconds, literally every two seconds, whether it's on at Palace of Pistons or at a Johnson NBA. You know, I'll have video of it today. I'm probably going to have some stuff up on YouTube from Summer League throughout the the tournament. And you know what? Follow Ryan, too, because I know Ryan's going to be watching, and he's going to bring a different perspective to him. You can follow him at Ryan Pay. We're not going to give you Brennan's this week, because if you really care about Brennan for some reason, you can find it on your own. (laughs) Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram. Palace of Pistons. It's not that hard. But you can do that if you want, and we appreciate that. But great show this week. Pistons signed three free agents. They lose a couple, and they start Summer League. We talked about all that. So if you missed it, you can go back and listen. But we're excited to watch some Summer League basketball. The Pistons open up at 3 o'clock against Croatia. We'll see who stars for the Pistons, who plays, you know, who plays, who doesn't play, in what roles. We're going to see all that. And we'll have a lot more coming for you. We'll have a lot of Summer League breakdown, maybe some final free agency thoughts coming up next week on the Palace of Pistons podcast. So stay tuned, and we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.